members of Good Shepherd Congregation, family and friends that have gathered here this morning, and especially to you, Ralph and Ruth, grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this morning, John chapter 10, beginning at verse 27, one of the very last verses that I had the privilege to share with Mildred, literally, on her deathbed. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's an amazing thing how many times in the Bible, in Holy Scripture, we have this word picture between shepherd and sheep. People who have never stepped foot inside of a church, people who have no idea what a Christian is, are at least vaguely familiar with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's kind of a universal poem, Psalm of comfort. Have you ever wondered why that is? Have you ever wondered why people derive so much comfort out of that word picture of a shepherd and the sheep? We said the words before, together, Psalm 23. I've shared those words hundreds if not thousands of times at the bedsides of people before they were going in for surgery, while they were recuperating from some illness at their home, when they were grieving on their deathbed. It was years ago I was making a hospital visit here in Lincoln. In fact, probably one of the first hospital visits that I made when I came here just over 25 years ago. And I shared Psalm 23 with the people. And as I did, I didn't realize, but there was a retired pastor who made all kinds of visits to all kinds of people at hospitals and nursing homes, sitting out in the hallway listening to me, Pastor Stelzer. And as I walked out, he greeted me, we chatted for a little bit, and he said, young man, don't ever pray Psalm 23 unless you connect it to John 10. Don't ever pray Psalm 23 unless you connect it to John 10. John 10, the great good shepherd chapter in Scripture where Jesus boldly proclaims that Psalm 23 is fulfilled in him. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. It's important to note who the shepherd is and who the sheep are. We are the sheep. God Specifically, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, is the shepherd. 
It's important for us to remember for a number of reasons. Here in Nebraska, we don't always know that much about sheep. Sheep are cute and cuddly. Sheep are maybe on the menu or the source of wool. But sheep are chosen because as lovable and cuddly as they may seem, sheep are not very smart. Sheep need care and attention. Sheep need a shepherd. Why do sheep need a shepherd? Because sheep tend to wander and get lost. Sheep can be scared or frightened from a little piece of paper blowing in the wind and run and run and run for miles. Sheep tend to get big and fat. And when they fall down, they can't get up. There are even documented cases where sheep in a rainstorm could not figure out what was tapping them on top of the head. And so they looked up into the sky and they drowned. Not a very pretty picture of us, is it? That's us. We're the ones that aren't that bright. We're the ones that can't take care of ourselves. We're the ones that need help. But my friends, when we realize that we are sheep and that we cannot take care of ourselves, not spiritually, not eternally, then the news of a shepherd who will come and take care of us is some of the best news in the entire world. Not any kind of a shepherd, but a good shepherd. Not good as opposed to mediocre or great, but good as opposed to evil. A shepherd who cares for us. A shepherd who wants the best for us. A shepherd who would do the unthinkable. Lay down his life for wayward sheep like us. That's what our good shepherd has done. Jesus, the ultimate good shepherd. We see the pictures in stained glass of the love of Jesus. Jesus' love goes all the way to an old rugged cross. Jesus didn't have to die because Jesus never sinned. The wages of sin is death. But Jesus, in his love, in his mercy, freely and willingly took on your sin and mine. The sin of the world. Jesus bore that sin because the consequences of us bearing our own sin are hellacious. Jesus did that out of his great love. But not even death could hold our good shepherd. Three days after Jesus died on that Friday we call good, Jesus is alive, never to die again. And Jesus promises that whoever lives and believes in him 
will never die. Being connected to the Good Shepherd. Receiving Good Friday and Easter in the waters of holy baptism. My friends, we're not just sheep. John 10 verse 27 says, My sheep. My sheep. We belong to Jesus. And that makes all the difference in the world. There's a connection. There's a relationship between a shepherd and a sheep that really defies imagination. That's the kind of a relationship times a million that we have with our good shepherd, Jesus. It changes everything. We know who our shepherd is, Jesus. We know what he has done for us, his life, his death, his resurrection. And because of that, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I can't think of a better Bible passage, although Pastor Moline had a really, really good psalm uh, before when our family gathered together. But I can't think of a better Bible passage to sum up the life of Mildred Humphrey. She knew she was a sheep. She knew she was a sinner. Every time we visited, she confessed, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee. She knew the words by heart. She confessed freely and willingly that she couldn't save herself from her sin. She knew she was a sheep. But more importantly, she knew that she was a sheep that belonged to Jesus. One of Jesus' precious lambs. And because she knew that Christ had bled and died and risen from the dead for her, she could not get enough of the voice of Jesus. It characterized her life. She sat in church pretty much right there. Right where you guys are sitting. Right there. Eh, maybe a pew behind or, beh uh, in, uh, behind or in front, depending on if somebody else beat her to the spot. But she was there. That was her spot. Why? Because she wanted to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. The most important thing for her, don't get me wrong, folks. She loved you. She loved her family. She loved you. We would get out pictures. We would hear stories. We would hear exploits. Who was doing what? She loved you with all of her heart. But she loved Jesus more. She loved to hear the word of God more. She loved to be in God's house because here she would be reminded of the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. When Ralph passed away, it hurt. They were like two peas in a pod. They did everything together. I went to the house. Brought her comfort from God's word. She says, Pastor, this is fine, but I can go to church now. I can go to church. Ralph's in heaven. I can go back to church. And she did. 
She wanted to be in God's house because she knew her true comfort came from God's word and Christ's body and blood in, with, and under bread and wine. So pretty much every Sunday and a few extra services around Christmas and Easter, she would be here in God's house. Thanks to you for bringing her many of the times. And then COVID hit. And she couldn't come to God's house. Oh, she wanted to be here. She didn't care. She wasn't afraid. You know. You know how the world was. There was rarely a time, up until the last few weeks, there was rarely a time when Pastor Moline and I didn't visit that the first words out of her mouth were, thank you for visiting, but I'll be back in church again soon. So great was her love, her faithfulness, her devotion to Christ and His Word. My friends, today we have an amazing witness and legacy that we remember in Mildred Humphrey. Oh, she wasn't perfect. She knew that. But she knew her perfect God who had laid down his life for her. She knew, as our text goes on, Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. She knew that everlasting life was a gift. A gift earned by Jesus and given to her. She knew that she was in the nail-scarred hands of Jesus and that nothing or no one could snatch her out. She knew that even though her flesh would one day fail, that she would never perish. No. She would have everlasting life in Jesus Christ. My friends, that's your family legacy right there. Many times we're, we're concerned about making a name for ourselves or how much we have in the bank account. All things that can be important, but ultimately they're not. Mildred had it right. And she passed that on to you. My friends, hear once again these sweet words from Jesus. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My friends, these words are true, not only for Mildred. They're true for all of us. They're true for the whole world. Earlier, when we gathered as a family before our service, we heard some of the words from Revelation 7. 
words that we heard in its entirety in our epistle reading. My friends, as we anticipate the joys, the family reunion in heaven, be reminded that sometimes things are so great that they can only be described in negative terms. No more pain. No more suffering. No more scorching heat. No more sin. No more death. For the old order of things has passed away. That's what Mildred has now. That's what Mildred and Ralph together are celebrating now. Fix your eyes and your ears on Jesus, the Good Shepherd, who gave up his life for Mildred, for you, and for the life of the world. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, and our ears in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Please stand for prayers. Let us pray.